Hi and welcome to Oh Fuck Pregnant in a Pandemic podcast. This episode is me, Charlie, Sumner Bedford talking to Yana Kennedy. Uh, it's quite an honest episode looking at my birth story and it could be a little bit triggering for anyone that's experienced a traumatic birth or a lot of medical intervention with labour. Also, if you're pregnant at the minute, it might not be the best thing for you to listen to. I know I personally wouldn't have wanted to listen to it when I was pregnant. Um, So if it's a bit too much for you, protect yourself and look after your mental health and just skip this episode. Um, If there's anything in there, though, that you do relate to and you do want to chat about, then just get in touch. I am so open to talking about this stuff and it's what's helped me move on from it and get over it. So if you do want to chat, just get in touch. Okay, enjoy the episode if you choose to listen to it. Lots of love. Um, but yeah, the piles was actually the worst thing about this whole experience. I was. I do want to say thank you for not telling me before I had my baby what yeah, shit no, you've been. Through. you were really so good because part of me wanted to be like I want to know and I want to support you but no. I was like she's right I shouldn't know and I'm really glad I didn't know and it was funny because with the NCT mums there's five of us so the mm. first one had her baby it all went a bit pear-shaped and we were like shit then the next one and me had ours sort of at the same time and we ended up on the same ward which was amazing and then the next one had a bit of a shit time. And then the last one had a bit of a shit time. Like, out of the five of us, you know. Yeah. And none of us would tell the one after us what yeah. <laughs> And we were all like, you don't need to know this, honestly. But when I finally heard what had happened to you, oh, my God. Mm. Okay, tell our listeners. Yeah. Well, Your got... listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I've got a couple of pregnant friends at the minute. Like all my friends, well, not all my friends, but loads of like my mates of mates seem to be pregnant at the minute. And I'm like, oh my God, great. So we can talk about it. Like I can like <laughs> tell you all X, Y, Z and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I don't want to tell you about the actual labor. And they're like, no, no, please. I really want to know. Like I want all the information. I'm just like, oh, I just, it's too much. No. Um, so yeah, just switch off now if you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. After the beeps. Beep, beep, beep. Okay, go. Yeah. Um, so I went, so I, I declined the stretch and sweep after, I think when it got to my due date or a couple of days after, I think they talked about doing the sweep or it might have been a week after. I think and, we need to remind everyone that you had had a really difficult pregnancy, right? Yeah. So this is why you made some of the choices you did. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really, I, I didn't really enjoy being pregnant. I wish I had. I always thought that I would do but not even just the pandemic stuff and being like trapped in the house and out of work and stuff. That was one thing, but just the physical part of it, I really, really struggled with. Like I didn't think mm. that I would. I'm a quite a healthy person. Not, well, actually that's bullshit I'm going about, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fit. I'm, I don't get sick a lot, you know, Yeah. I'm not in the gym every day and stuff, but you know, I'm, yeah, but I just really struggled with it. I really did. I think you don't know how it'll affect you. Like I, I was fine. Mm. You know, every time you'd be like, have you got heartburn? I'd be like, no, sorry. Like (laughs) I had nothing and you had everything going. I think you just have no idea how your body will respond to it. Yeah, no, no idea. And because like I'd been very broody for a while and really enjoyed like seeing my other friends pregnant that had babies. And 
I, I just thought that I would just love it. And I thought I'd be like this glowing pregnant goddess. And it just was so unglamorous and <laughs> like just really, really fucking tough. I was like crying most days of it. So by the time it got to my due date, I was so, I felt really positive about the labor. Like I'd spoken loads to you and you'd kind of given me loads of, you know, helpful stuff and make sure you're informed. And I felt really strong and ready for it. And I was like, let's get this baby out. I'm so ready to meet her. Um, you know, I've had a shit nine months of this, but I'm like so ready now for that part to be behind me. So I think it was, you know, it was kind of tempting to be like, yeah, let's get, you know, intervening and stretching and sweeping and doing whatever we can to get this baby out because I am really fed up of being pregnant now. And I know that it'll just only get better once she's here. But I just, I just was really scared about having um, a, a, a stretch and things like that so I just was really uncomfortable with it and I just kind of thought she'll come in her own time I don't want to rush it um but also I'd kind of hadn't been given any information really from a midwife I was very unlucky that I saw a different midwife every single time I went there was no consistency for me I would like keep asking like so what will happen if you know if I do have this and I do have that and they'd kind of be like oh we'll deal with that when we come to it if you come to it and then I'd see someone else the next time and they wouldn't know that in my last appointment, you know, I was really crying and upset. And um, so by the time I went for the the appointment where I would have had a sweep if I wanted it, I just was so uncomfortable and nervous and about that stuff. Mm. Um, and then it's the midwife that I saw, you know, I'd never met her before. And it was like, do you want the sweep? And it was like, <laughs> oh, no, like, you was going no. stranger to me. And I just, I, I'm... I, no, I don't. And I just thought she'll come on her own. Um, you know, I never expected that I'd go to 42 weeks and she still wouldn't be there. So she said, look, if she doesn't come in the next few days on her own, I'm going to have to book you in for an induction just in case. So the induction was booked in for the Monday morning with her going, it would be 42 weeks on the Wednesday. So Monday morning, um, she still hadn't come and I was doing everything. You dropped me off some Clary Sage. I was like... <laughs> um sniffing that uh like poppers on a dance floor um and <laughs> like come on like, I was on the pregnancy ball I was doing everything I possibly could to get it moving and um my mum just came and moved into mine thank god because I we, Leon can't drive so I was like I can't drive myself to the hospital for this induction so my mum was just like I'm just gonna get a covid test and come and live with you until this baby's out and maybe for a bit longer so I was like yeah, thank fuck. I think like Leon at first was a bit like, oh my God, we're gonna have your mum living here. This is very intense. Like, But um, he was so grateful in the end that she did. But yeah, so she just came to stay with us. She took me for the induction on Monday. And I just thought, because no one had told me, I thought you'd go in for an induction and I'd have the baby in the afternoon. I was like, right, I'm being induced this morning. So you I said it. You were like, I'm going to have a baby this afternoon. Yeah, so I text everyone being like, oh, my God, mad. You know, my birth, my child's birthday is this. I know I'm going to have a baby today. And everyone was like, and I was getting, like, congratulations. People were texting me like, oh, my God, I've just heard that you're having the baby today. So well done. So I'm like, I go in and I'm like, you know, and I'm nervous. I remember, like, I was, like, shaking. Like, oh, my God, I'm having a baby today. And then got there and you know, I don't want to sit and I'm not going to slag off any NHS, you know, they're brilliant. And, you know, I, I was really lucky and my labour ward 
and midwives were amazing but that induction unit I I really struggled there and I, I really wish I'd been given a bit more information and a bit more kindness because I was really scared and I was scared because when I first went they have to do a scan before you have your pessary put in so they do a scan to make sure the baby's okay and everything and Leon wasn't allowed to come to that with me and because I was on my own and it was really hot it, you go to triage for it and it was so hot there and I remember there was a mm. lot of the, the rules had just changed like that day, like within like 24 hours of that, we'd gone into tier three from tier two. So I'd been told a couple of days before that not only could Leon be with me, but my mum could as well. So within like 24 hours, because the rules had changed, all of a sudden, not only could my mum not come to then, we don't even know if Leon will be with me. And the hospital was saying things like, um, you can't have your partner with you until you're four centimetres dilated. So I was kind of like, well, so what are they going to do? They're going to examine me on my own to see how wide my fanny is. And then if it's not wide enough, he can't come in. And if it's wide enough, I can call him and say, come in. And of course, all these hospital wards, you've got no signal, the Wi-Fi's crap. Like, and anyway, and there was loads of men there because the rules had changed that you could have them with you for um, a scan. But because I was going to like the induction place and whatever, I couldn't. And so it was just so strange, like being on my own. And then there's all these couples there like, oh, excited. We're having our 20 week scan. And I'm like, I'm having a baby today and I'm on my own right now. So I went in for the scan and oh my God, I just, I was just sobbing. I think I was pretty rude to the um, sonographer and he was kind of like, you know, what's, why are you so upset? And I was like, cause I'm on my own and I'm scared and my boyfriend's not here and he just kind of was like, do you need a moment? And I'll just leave you in this room and give you a moment and kind of left and gave me some time on my own in this room <laughs> to like kind of gather myself. I was just getting more and more worked up because I was on my own. And I just said to him, I said, so what's going to happen now? He said, the scan's fine, baby's fine. I said, so what happens now? And he was like, oh, has no one told you? And I was like, no, I, I, I don't, where do I go now? I, I've just got no idea. And he was like, oh, um, well, you'll just go to the induction ward now and they'll they'll induce you and I'm like okay so induction and I'm trying to think about what I've read about that which wasn't much because I never thought it would happen to me and I'm like so what will they do will they put something inside or is it a drip I, I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on and I was alone and I had no phone signal so by the time I'd got to the induction place and they'd said yeah you can call your boyfriend he's allowed to come into this bit he sat in the car park I ring him he's like right okay so he runs up to the induction thing thinking we're gonna have a baby in a couple of hours and then this midwife came in and just kind of was like, okay, open your legs. We're going to induce you now. And I was like, okay. And I just, I, I just got so upset that I just never asked. Wait, well, maybe I did ask. I can't really remember, but I just remember feeling like I do not have a clue what's about to happen to me. I don't That's awful. Yeah. And then she saw that it took her a few attempts. So they have to do an internal examination first to see how your cervix is and stuff. And then, put it in and then but it just took her a few attempts and I was so uncomfortable with the internals that I think I was tensing up and then obviously once you tense up it hurts so much more um and Leon was just really upset watching me um it just all felt really unpleasant and just not nice and then she eventually managed to get it up but it took like a few attempts and by this point I was just kind of like oh my god if I'm like this just with having a little tiny pessary put in that's like a tampon <laughs> then what the fuck am I going to be like in labor? And I started just panicking then thinking, shit, I can't do this. <laughs> like if I'm struggling this much already and I'm getting this upset already, how the fuck am I going to get through labor? And then they were like, right, okay, you can go home. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought we were having a baby. And they're like, no, you go home until it could be day.
like had a bath yet when I went for a wee and it fell out. So I was like, oh, right, it's out. It was in for, I think from like the afternoon until the evening, that was it, that was all it was in. So I started having like period pains. Um, that's what I thought it felt like. And my mum was saying, I think it started. And I was like, no, no, it's just period pains. <laughs> she was like, it sounds like your contractions are starting. And I was like, that's hey, what I had. Pains. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to time it. Cause I was having a nap and I was like, I'll just time it. And then I was getting period pains every 10 minutes and it was regular. Yeah. And I was like, shit. <laughs> oh God. Well, so we, did you get like an app? We got like a tire contraction timing app. Well, Leon did. I think it was like him, like his contributions. Like, do. I've downloaded this app and it's going to time your contractions for you. Um, but then they were just so erratic. There was like no rhyme or reason to them. So I was like, oh, I don't think it is. I think it's just a bit of tummy ache. Um, but then Tuesday came and it was like, okay, now these are contractions, but I just don't think it's time to go yet. And I, I was so scared about going to the hospital too early because... Yeah. I knew that I needed to be four centimeters for Leon to be allowed to be with me. So I'm like thinking I need to, you know, try and stay at home for as long as physically possible. And my mum will know when it's time to go. My mum will say, come on, we've got to go now. Um, so I'm on like the birthing ball. And I remember Bake Off was on on the Tuesday. So I was like watching Bake Off. Like, Ooh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is quite intense. I think we should put the TENS machine on now. Um, Went to bed on Tuesday night, but I mean, it was just a lot of pacing around and, um, and I think at that point, I think you get your kind of first surge of, I can do this, like this is painful, but I can do it. Yeah. And I can't wait to do it. And I'm like, okay, come on, like digging deep. And like, you know, I think that this is going to be all right. So I booked in to have the baby at Withenshaw in a birth pool um with drugs there if I needed them but um I wanted to try and do it with Shaw, midwife led and then because I'd had the induction at St Mary's I didn't know that I couldn't then have my baby at Withan Shaw so because no, nobody told you anything no like, so I was like so where do I go when when the contractions really start going where do I go so I rang up and was like where do I need to come to things are getting quite intense now and I mean, this is like, I'm in labor and I don't even know what hospital I'm going to. Withenshaw said to me, because your um, medical intervention has started at a doctor-led venue, you need to have the baby there because if something went wrong or whatever, it can't be on us because you started your shit there. So you can't just transfer to us now. And I was like, well, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have been induced. I would have just said, can we wait another two days? Because she wasn't quite two weeks yet. I thought, can we wait until the two week point? Oh, Charlie, this upsets me. This like lack of communication. It makes me angry for you. Yeah. I... You know, like when, when I was talking to my midwife about, you know, my waters had broken, potential induction, she was like, fine. But what you need to do if you're getting induced is you'll say to them, because I had a bargaining chip because they wanted mm. me to get induced and I didn't really. And she said, you've got a bargaining chip because they'll be worried about you. So you've got to say, I'll be induced, but I want to come in at 9am, be at the top of the list 
and I want to be transferred straight away onto the maternity ward and there was something else. So mm-hmm. I had this like insider knowledge telling me things step by step, you know, mm-hmm. and because I'd had the private midwife, I had continuity of care. I saw the same woman. I felt very informed. Mm-hmm. Yours is the NHS experience that you think this is why people have loads of birth trauma and it's mm-hmm. difficult in the UK. Like you're not given continuity of care. You're not given information like, Mm-hmm. How the fuck did they not think to say to you about what hospital if you get induced and you can't move or like mm-hmm. what it even was? Or I just, I just don't understand what's happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I think I got more, I got the most information from speaking to you because you had your private midwife and you were really well you know, read up and everything, but I got more information from you than any midwife that I spoke to at that point. Well, because... and I'd done NCT, I paid for mm. a hypnobirthing course, so I've paid to have this information. But yeah. this is inequality of birthing in the UK. If you can't afford thousands of fucking pounds, mm. which in reality it is, mm. like you're a bright, intelligent, capable woman. It's not like you're this like limpet who just goes along, but you didn't even have the information. Mm. Mm. I, I feel angry about it. I feel really fucking angry that women are not given this information. How are you meant to give birth in a nice space if you're not informed? Came in and she was like, basically just like spread them. And I'm like, who's this other girl that's here? And she's like, oh, that's a student midwife. Are you okay? She's in the room. And I'm thinking, well, I've put in my birth plan, which is in my notes that I'd really prefer no students. But I just didn't have the confidence to say, actually, I'd rather that she wasn't here. And I just was like, oh, let's just get this over and done with. I've been here for fucking hours. I want to go home. And I'm not, oh, my God, this internal, I don't know what, I I don't know if it's this painful for everyone, but I was screaming, having this internal, like I was in agony. And she literally, she sat back, and I'm not joking, Yana, she looked me dead in the eyes and she went, I'm not being funny, but this is nothing compared to labour, so if you can't cope with this. And I was like... She didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes to the student midwife, do you want to get her some gas and air? Do you want some gas and air? And I was like, um, yeah. And she was like, get her some. And she like sits there and waits for it. And then she's like, right, you ready? Okay. She was like, it's literally just an, an, an internal. She's just an examination. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm like crying. And wow. I'm like, I can't believe that this is hurting so much. How am I going to cope with labor? And I was getting so stressed thinking, how the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to get the baby out if I can't do this? And she's going, yeah, how are you, how are you going to do it? Oh my God. Charlie. Yeah. And I don't even know what she was looking for. She like kind of came back and was like, yeah, you're not induced. Like, you know, come back again tomorrow. And I'm like, so what was the point in that? What, what, like, what was that for? I've got no idea. She first asked if the student could do the examination. And I said, no, sorry, could you do it? Um, do you mind? And, you know, the student's like, oh, don't worry, I'll come fine, you know. And then they left me in this room for a while because while they do the notes and they monitor the baby's heart rate. And then the next interaction was them coming in and shouting at Leon for having a puff on the gas and air. <laughs> She like comes in and she's like, um, you're not allowed to do that. Let's search that out of his hand. <laughs> I was like, oh, he was always going to have a little try, of course. Of course. So when I went back on the Wednesday, so it was about 4 or 5 a.m. and it got really intense. And I was like, you need to take me to the hospital now. I got there and it, I mean, it, it was different then. Once I was like 
I was two centimeters. Everyone that I met was just like a superhero, so lovely. Leon didn't have to leave my side once. And I said, can you have a look at my birth plan, please? Can someone, and I think I said to Leon, when we get there, please, can you make someone read it? Because I don't mm. want, I don't want students in the room. I don't want, you know, people calling me mum and not Charlie and stuff like that. Yes. And, and I was like, no one's actually asked me yet anything. So as soon as we got there, he was like there with this like laminated piece of paper, like, please, can someone read this? And they were like, oh yeah, of course. And then they were like, there's a student in the room. Sorry, you need to go like, you know, and, and from that point they were fucking brilliant and so lovely. Um, but then it just all kind of, you know, it was like you said to me, once you start that medical intervention, it's so hard to pull back from it because it was like, now you've had the induction we have to examine you all the time to see how you're getting on. I couldn't say, no, I don't want you to go and have a look up there because it was like, well, you know, you've been induced. It could be, the baby could be stressed, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, fuck's sake. And then they had to break my waters. I had to have a hormone drip. Um, and it was just constant prodding and poking. So then you just start thinking, well, if you if I'm going to be injected with the hormone drip, if I'm going to have my waters broken and stuff, give me the epidural because I'm having yeah. so much done to me anyway. Like why am I even trying to do this without the good drugs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so I just kind of, and I mean, it got a lot better once I got that epidural in. Um, so I was too sensitive. It's so hard to know. Time is really weird, right? Like yeah. only recently did I find out I was in this labour room for three and a half hours. I'd been thinking it was 40 minutes. I was like in and out, you know, cesarean. And Matt was like, and then my midwife finally was like, oh, no, we were there for like three and a half hours. I was like, what? Yeah, time and space is just a concept. Like yeah. once you're in that situation. Yeah. Um, so I think from like Wednesday morning till Wednesday night, I was um, just kind of pacing around. Then once I had the epidural, I couldn't pace anymore. But at that point, I was exhausted because I'd been awake since Monday. It's mad. So I had a little nap then. Once I had the epidural, I was like, I'm going to have a little snooze. Um, so I had managed to have a nap, which is just bonkers to me now. I'm like, as if I had a fucking sleep when I was like an hour away from having a baby. But yeah, I had a little nap. But I tell you what, I was fuming because I'd packed all these great snacks. And Leon was like, I'm going to go to Subway and get a sandwich. What do you want? I was like, foot long, bring me back a sandwich. And when he came back in with it and it smelled amazing, my midwife was like, oh, you can't have a Subway. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you've had an epidural. <laughs> you can't eat once you've had it. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, once you've had um, an epidural, you can't eat, I'm really sorry. So I was like, shit, so I had to sit and Why? eat a sandwich. I'm not sure, I don't know if it makes it wear off or something, but it's like nil by mouth apart from water. Yes, but, so um, I was about, to go and have something and I was like I'm hungry I need a snack if I'm going to do this and they were they like smacked it on my hand like yeah. I can't eat and I was like like you're expected to go it's mad like they expect you to be super fucking human my yeah. friend was in labor for four days Charlie four yeah four what I know it's insane so yeah I thought I was gonna be able to have a lovely sandwich and I couldn't so I was fuming oh. about that so basically so what happened was that I was pushing at around half past six on the Wednesday evening. And my midwife, Becky, who I just love and could just cry thinking about her because she just is like the most important person in my life apart from my baby now. Um, and Leon. Oh yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but she's like, 
right she said the doctors will have to come and have a look and see how you're progressing because you're so she did a little look around she was like you're not gonna believe it you're 10 fucking centimeters and I'm like ah oh my god it's happening and it just because it had gone on for like days it didn't seem real now that it's oh my god you're 10 centimeters so she's like look the doctors are going to want to have a look at you and check that you can push her out in enough time um, without getting too stressed because you've had an epidural and stuff like that. So we just want to see that you're progressing quickly enough at 10 centimeters. So um, doctor came in, Chloe, who I also love because she stitched me back up after. Um, but she kind of had a look and was like, yeah, okay, actually, yeah, I think that you're doing all right. I think we're ready to push. So I'm pushing and I'm like, oh my God, this is all right. I'm like, I think I can do this. And I'm just looking at Leon and I'm like, I'm pushing. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, pushing and they're like yeah you're doing great we can see the head we can see the hair and I'm thinking like this is fine I'm pushing the baby out and they've got the top of her head and they're like oh she's got loads of hair yeah you're doing great child you're doing great and then all of a sudden the doctor just went that's Mac emergency buttons pressed my midwife's like Charlie, we're going to have to give you a little incision, blah, blah, blah. Um, the baby's done a poo. I'm like, what? So the room that was so zen and like, there's like one little lamp on and there's me, Leon and Becky one minute and I'm pushing and they can see the head and I'm like, I'm totally just going to push this baby out right now. And this is great and lovely to emergency buttons pressed. The lights go on. There's about 15 people in the room and Dr. Chloe, who to say that she, you know, was the one that, cut me I actually like love so I just think if you're given enough information and someone's telling you it's going to be okay this is what we're going to do afterwards I'll fix you up you're going to you know she said you'll be better than before I'm going to give you a designer vagina um and I'm like laughing like okay yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah and she's like but we are going to have to you know deliver with the forceps she said and you'll feel me pushing against you you still need to carry on pushing back to me she's like and it's going to feel like you don't want to push back but just keep pushing like how you were and I'll be pushing with these forceps to, to get the baby out you know if you because the baby's done a poo and it's really dangerous for her because she's in her own poo basically um and I'm like right okay. I like, can't cope this is so intense but this all happened in the space of, I think, I think it all happened in seven minutes. So from me pushing to then all of a sudden her saying, I can see meconium and pushing that button. Seven minutes later, there was a baby on my chest. I'd never, ever considered that I would have a four step delivery or that I'd have an episiotomy. I just thought, I thought maybe I might end up having a C-section, but I never thought, for some reason, I just never read into this bit. I never was like, oh, and I thought maybe I'd tear I never thought I don't think thought. we do really though babes I think that yeah if you get too much information about all of the shit that can happen it just overwhelms you yeah I think I didn't want to because I thought if that happens I'm going to be so shit scared anyway I'm not yeah. going to give a shit that I read this in a book and someone said that whatever so I just kind of thought it's going to be really horrendous and scary so I'll just deal with that if it happens and it did. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but I mean oh my god this I can't even explain to you, like, bearing in mind, I wasn't feeling really anything because of the epidural before that. And I was pushing and being like, this is fine. So then to all of a sudden feel like the most excruciating pain was just like so out of nowhere. And it was so like- Where did you feel pain? It was like right up here. It was kind of like from the, it was your whole body really, right up to your chest. Like, and it was just, it was so much pressure. It was like, 
pressure <laughs> because I mean they're they're forcing the way in and pulling it out and they've got to get a good grip on her. Um, I mean she had a four set mark right down her cheek when she was first born, and I mean these are big metal poles, and it just and I remember thinking just pass out you need to just pass out why aren't you passing out you're in so much pain why aren't you passing out and I was but I remember I carried on pushing I remember I was still pushing and they were like yeah you're pushing push 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 but someone was pushing right back at me it was just it was and I'm like okay which I kind of get now because I think that it can be a bit like dramatized of like well I had you know 13 stitches and I had yeah you know yeah you had your fanny stitched back up. Like, um, but mine and Leon's plan was always that he would stay up this end and he'd be by my head and he wouldn't look down there. But because the baby was at the other side of the room, I was like, go, go be with the baby, see what's going on with her. I can't move anyway. And it's quite a big room. So he goes to cross the other room and I'm like, is she all right? What's going on? And he just looked back. <laughs> And I mean, obviously I'm literally legs up in stirrups with a torch shined on him. And I just saw all the color leave his face. And he was like, she's all right. And then he's like, going, <laughs> bless you. He's going, can someone tell me what's going on? Can someone tell me what's going on? And I just was in a daze. I was just really like, he's with the baby. So that's fine. Everything's going to be all right over that. I wasn't worried, even though there was loads of doctors around her. I wasn't like, oh my God, my baby, what's going on? I just thought she'll be fine. Like she'll be absolutely fine. I just knew she'd be all right. I don't know how. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting stitched. Everything was like moving in like slow motion around me, but also very fast. And I just remember there being so many people in that room, so many. And then they, at one point, some doctors were laughing about something and my midwife kind of lost her fucking shit. I was like, do you fucking mind? Can someone explain to the parents what's going on here? Like, why are you talking about what happened on Hollyoaks last week or whatever? Um, and they were like, oh, sorry, sorry. Because they were just like having a chit chat and a laugh. And then the next thing, Wednesday's gone and is out the room and I'm still getting stitched up. And I'm like, so where's the baby now? And they're like, oh, we've had to take her to yeah. NICU, to intensive care for a bit. Because... Oh, sure. I... Yeah, she needs feeding, I think. Hello, darling. We're talking about birth. <laughs> Hello, gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> she's so beautiful. Look at her lovely lips. What's happening? Hello, darling. Oh, she's a peach. Have you just woken up? In a nice little snooze. Right, because I remember you saying, like, suddenly there was no baby and I was there on my own covered in blood. And I just remember thinking, oh my God. I didn't tell you that when you were still pregnant, did I? Was that no, this was any? afterwards when okay, I was like, good. okay, I've had her tell me everything. Yeah. So this was, oh God, it was just awful. So like, you know, my midwife and Dr. Chloe were brilliant, but then just afterwards, again, it just went back to no information. We just weren't being told anything. Wednesday got taken and then all of a sudden this room that had just had like 15 people in and was really bright then like was empty and we were alone and I was like I don't really know what's happening but I remember thinking that I need to get up and you need to take me to where the baby is because I can't just sit here so I'm like getting Leon to help me off the bed and there's like it's a massacre there's so much blood um 
And like someone came back in, it might be my delivery and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Because I was like trying to get into a wheelchair and she was like, what are you doing? You need to lay back. And I was like, no, I'm going to go see the baby. And she was like, you, like, you can't yet. I, I don't even know how you've moved because you've got an epidural, so you should be numb. And I was like walking into a wheelchair, like with a bit of a hand from Leon, like just got this like bizarre strength from somewhere. And I was like, no, no, we're going to see the baby now. She's like, look, I'll see if you can, but you know, just, calm down for a second but I'm like well I just can't sit in this room like the baby's somewhere else you know we need to go and see her so we went and they were like do you want to hold her and she was in like one of the glass cabinets in NICU whatever and they were like do you want to get her out and you can hold her and I was like no I'm all right thanks and then Leon's kind of looking at why don't you want to hold her and I think everyone's like oh god you know why don't they want why does she not want to hold her and I was like I'm literally covered in blood oh I threw up as well as the forceps as she came out I went Bleh! and so there was literally sick all over me. It was so much projectile vomit. I'll tell you, this is really gruesome. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, I don't want to hold this glorious little baby that's all like tubes and wires at the minute because I'm covered in sick and blood and probably poo. And I just can't hold this clean little thing at the minute. I'm just too They didn't give you a new fucking thingy to put on, gown. No, no, I was covered in blood and I had sick in my hair. And I was just like, I can't, I can't hold her like this. And they were just like, you know, you probably should do, she'll just want a cuddle. You don't need to, it doesn't matter that you, you feel really stinky and dirty and have been in labor for three days. So I held her and I, you know, and I'm really glad now that I did. Um, it was a bit weird really that I was that bothered about the fact that I was covered in stuff. But for some reason it was just like, I was like, I can't hold her cause I'm really dirty. Uh, I think it's just cause they're just so pure. And then she looked so fragile, like with all the wires and tubes yeah. and stuff that I just was kind of like, I don't want to taint her. And what if I make her sick? And Charlie, yours sounds really insane. Like I mean, mine went off piste, but I felt very informed. It was all very clear, whatever. I feel like yours was a shit show. I don't know what happened really, because I'm quite a forthright person and you are I like said to Leon I was like am I being really rude and he was like no you've been really really polite and patient and I was like I feel like maybe I'm being quite rude and that's why people aren't giving me any information when I was in the labor room and there was all sorts of stuff going on and on my birth plan I had said when I'm having contractions please can you stop speaking and nobody could get that it's mm. like they had never experienced a woman in labour before. And I was mm. like, I really need you to stop talking. And at one point I like took out the gas in there and I was like, I need you to fucking shut up. And then put it back in. And my midwife was like, you know, and I was like, <laughs> Matt, you need to fucking tell them. And Matt was like, I'm telling them. Like, they're just not listening, you know. And, mm. and it was only because I kept saying, tell me, benefits, risks alternatives intuition mm. what if I do nothing like I kept repeating it otherwise mm. I feel like I could have very easily been just swept along with whatever yeah yeah and I like I don't think it should be up to the woman to fight fight her corner you know mm. like yeah why did they not fucking tell you information like do, I mm. would if I was you write to the head of midwifery or pals and tell them oh. your experience so because I did about a tongue-tie issue because mm. we were told she was tongue-tied and you know what their in immediate solution to that was what? go and pay privately 
And wow. I was like, you can't, I can't be in the middle of an NHS hospital and you're telling me the only solution to my baby's tongue tie when I want to exclusively breastfeed mm. is, is to go private. That Do you think that's because the they'd outcome. seen that you had done other things privately? So they thought, oh, no, well, they didn't just know do this that. as well. All right, no, okay. they didn't know that. They just said, we don't have anybody here who can do it, which is ridiculous. So you should go and do that. They told everybody on the ward. And I was mm. like, this can't be the solution. No. And the breastfeeding team were like, yeah, it's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And just hearing someone like acknowledge it, like, mm. and say you're really right to be upset. You're not going fucking crazy. You have been trapped like shit. Immediately, I just felt a massive weight off anyway. Yes. I was just like, oh my God, this isn't all in my head. Because you're validated. Yeah. And I, like, I kind of was saying to Leon, like, I'm, I'm not mad at mine. He was just so, you know, he's just had a baby as well and he's exhausted. Yeah. And he's like, so confused at why we feel so ill-informed and stuff. So just having someone go, you've not really been trapped well here you're right to be upset just was like I just sobbed and I was just like thank you so much like that's already done so much for me I remember in those first six weeks like I'd heard about you know you're in a bit of a fog and whatever but now looking back I cannot even I basically when I was in it I just never thought it was gonna yes end a little bit and I thought is this what it's like what have I done (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's just like the, the the fog lifts and you're like you get into a good routine and they're sleeping yeah. at night more and your boobs feel a bit better and yeah and you're just like oh my god I can't believe that person I was for those six weeks I wish I could go back and tell her that it was going to be all right yes oh my god make a cup of tea mm. I think it's all it's like um it also is a blur isn't it like mm. I was saying the other day to Matt oh it wasn't that bad and Matt is like oh my god do you not remember and I'm like no I don't no. like you know we in labor I'm like well it wasn't that bad and Matt was like Matt goes white and he's like I saw you like writhing in pain and I'm like was I it wasn't that bad you yeah know, like, I do it think it kind bad. of it affects I think your partner a lot more than what you expect because they see it like and can't do anything to help and like now I'm like oh like you know it was all right in the labor room and I you know once I had the epidural it was fine and stuff and Leon's just like I can't explain to you how much it was like the worst day of my life he was like everyone says it's the best day of your life he said it wasn't he said two days later when she came and she was with us and then five days later when we went home that was the best day of my life the day that that actually happened was probably the worst day of my life he was like it was terrifying and painful to see I'm like oh it wasn't even that bad (laughs) yeah yeah I think you're right but Mm. maybe that's biology right to make us think that having another baby would be fine yeah it's mad um I don't know that's so interesting you've said that like it's (laughs) insane right like I think I think even though people are like births pretty insane it's insane Mm. like you have no idea what's going to happen no Mm. idea because look like I had an easy pregnancy no problem whatever everyone was like you're young and healthy young you're healthy you're tall you'll be fine you'll just pop her out oh no Mm. you have no idea and then what it's going to be like when you get the things home the things the babies yeah yeah I just yeah, that first six weeks, like just anyone that's having like a tough start to it, I'm just, 
I just want to give a cuddle and be like, it's going to be okay. Because I genuinely, yes. I wouldn't, I, I didn't believe anybody that said like, it does get better and it gets easier and yeah. you won't hurt as much and stuff. I was like, no, this is just life now. And I remember at one point it felt like it was getting worse. Like the physical recovery for me was like, it seemed like it was getting worse and each day was hurting a little bit more, but you know, like that healing process of like bruising and yeah. stuff, it sometimes does feel worse. Yeah. Um, but it, I was getting better, but that's why I struggled with the breastfeeding thing because I just felt like I wanted some ownership of my body back so much. And yeah. I was crying every time I was breastfeeding her because it wasn't hurting my boob necessarily. I mean, that was quite sore, but I was, it, I could manage with that, but it was the pain from my perineum and the stitching up and the, the stitches healing and then trying to go for a poo was just like traumatizing. I was like sobbing because I knew that I needed a poo, but I just was so scared of doing it. And I thought all my organs were going to fall out my ass. Oh I, yeah. You know, sat holding a pad on, like crying. And then it's like the baby needs you to feed. And I'm like sobbing because of the pain down there. And it just so I you know I did six weeks and I'm glad I did and I was pleased with that but I kind of it was important for like my my recovery kind of to to stop when I did I think but it's like gotta be happy mum happy baby right yeah like yeah it was so hard that when they say like get through six weeks then it'll be all right like it was yeah. like to the minute six weeks was up I was like this is easy yeah it was so hard at points and like uncomfortable toe curling annoying exhausting boring like there Mm. were times when I was just trapped under a baby like Mm. it's it's really hard yeah it's a piece of piss but it's really hard Mm. but I think you did what was right for you excuse me you can't underestimate the shit that you've been through and how that impacts you Mm. yeah like everyone has checked in with me a lot like oh my god you know your plan didn't your birth didn't go to plan and I'm like I was informed I made decisions I'm all good you know yeah but I think it's when like 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 that thing of like bang the emergency's on the lights are on like even that like a Mm. friend of mine had a similar thing she's like I keep reliving it like I feel like I've got post uh you know what's it called PTSD, PTSD from it mm, yeah well yeah I mean just anybody that kind of had that experience yeah just just please please know that it does get better like I can't I, I know I've said it like five times but when I was in that I just I just didn't think that it would get any better like I went what for, do you think like, has helped you like do you talk about it a lot did you have a hospital debrief did you what helped you um what did time Time. (laughs) what does Leon call Wednesday yesterday's chip paper he's like oh (laughs) she's like yesterday's chip paper no one's interested anymore yeah he's like just to remind people she's still a little baby it's like she's still new you know yeah I'll put a photo of my group chat and it's just like a tumbleweed because everyone's like oh yeah yeah, baby you know I've seen seen her before you know (laughs) (laughs) what what are your fuck oh fuck moments from the last four months so first one this sounds a bit sad but my first one was oh fuck I think postnatal depression isn't necessarily all to do with like the baby and like mental stuff. It was so much more for me physical. Like 
I expect I I was because I've had ups and downs with like my mental health over the years and had to have like a bit of intervention at times like when I was at uni and stuff and I was like it'd be so predictable of me to get personal depression so I'm not going to do it I was like everyone will be like typical this is so you so I just thought I've decided I'm not going to have that I'm going to be real <laughs> chipper and I'm going to be like mum life loving it I'm just not going to go down that route and then when I was going to like the midwife appointments to have a wade and stuff and I was fine and then just you know you're about to see that and how are you and I just burst into tears and I was just so upset at how physically shit I felt. But I was like, I'm fine mentally. I'm not depressed, but my bum hurts and my fanny really mm. hurts and my boobs hurt. And that's really upsetting me. And then one of the midwives had said to me like, so it is kind of affecting your mental health then. And I was like, no, no, no. My mental health is absolutely fine. I can't reinforce <laughs> that enough. I'm really, really happy. But physically everything really hurts and I'm really upset about that and she was like yeah okay so you sat here crying so it is affecting your mental health then and I just was, no 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 it's just my bum yeah and then I just was like oh fuck <laughs> you can get quite down about physical pain yeah and that was just a whole new type of like depression for me that I'd not had before and I've always been a bit like up and down emotionally and all over the place and not able to contain my emotions but I felt emotionally really rational for the, the first time ever but physically so out of control and then that made me sad and it was just like oh this is really unfair oh fuck this is really unfair because I feel really in control up here but so out of control everywhere else and then that's making me feel like shit so that's a bit of a depressive one but <laughs> that was my no, first but it's very like, honest it's shocking. very honest of you Thing that I just never expected I thought you can have to really work looking after yourself mentally make sure you're all right mentally but I just never thought about that physical recovery and how that might really upset me um so yeah that was a big big shock yeah that's in, I mean I never thought I'd have a cesarean so I never thought I'd have a physical mm. recovery like I thought I'd be a bit tired stretched funny but it never occurred to me that I would have had a major operation yeah and yeah. that recovery yeah it's yeah so yeah a bit of a heavy one but it was yeah the thing that I kept saying oh fuck about the most was just like yeah how unexpected that was I think though that that's really good you've said it because I think people listening might really resonate with that you know like I think you don't talk about the physical toll that it takes carrying mm. a baby having a baby keeping a baby alive mm. it's exhausting yeah it's also geared up as well for labour and how you're going to get through that. And yeah. I just never, I was always like, right, labour, labour, labour. And I just hadn't thought how I was going to physically feel afterwards, like those six weeks afterwards at all. Just never, I didn't really think about it that much. <laughs> right, I'll let you get off and right. I'll let you Bye, Lily. Speak to you soon. Bye, love. Thank you so much. Take care. No problem. Bye. Bye. Bye.